In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has come in order to show His faithfulness to us, so that we might see how we can be faithful to Him. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever gotten a present that you're like, yeah, I, I really appreciate this present. I, I understand how much you maybe spent on this, or or I understand how much thought went into this present, and, and you you recognize it, you like it. You're you're kind of like, hey, I understand what this present present signifies between us in our relationship, but I really don't like it. I, I love the fact that, that you spent all of this time, all of this money on uh, coming up with this present, but uh, I, I'm not going to use it. And usually those kind of presents are the presents that end up, you know, somewhere in a desk drawer. Yeah, they, they're the presents that you're kind of like, ah, well, um, I, I can't bring myself to throw it away. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in a desk drawer or I'm going to, you know, um, uh, put it, uh, you know, someplace where I don't have to see it very often, but I know where it is in case that person comes by. Um, and, and then I can bring it out and, you know, place it on the dining room table um, uh, or, or whatever it is. Uh, because usually that's what you're afraid of, right? You're afraid that, you you, know, you recognize what this present is the avatar of. This present is the avatar of your relationship together with that person who gave you the gift. And, and you don't want to spurn that. You, you actually like that relationship. You actually like that person. And, and you like the fact that they thought so much of you that you, they, you, they got you this present. But you're, you're, you're just kind of like, the, the actual thing, I'm kind of whatever. And so you, you get into this, this deal where all of a sudden you have this desk drawer that's full of all of these presents, or, or you have, you know, you, you start to move and you go, do I really want to move this? And so then you start to, you know, sneakily, craftily, stealthily think to yourself, okay, how can I get this thing out of the house? Which is even more difficult if you live with the person who gave you the present. You know, you have to consider other dumpsters that you can go to and dispose of this thing, right? Or if you know that that person's coming over or, or whatever it is. Well, you, you've got this sort of sense of like, okay, I want to be faithful. I, I, I want to be faithful to this relationship. I want to keep this thing. But at the same time, I'm, uh, I don't know. I just really don't want to keep this thing. In fact, the, the Japanese sort of organizational guru s. Marie Kondo uh, is, uh, goes on and on about these kinds of gifts that people keep with them. And she says that oftentimes these are often the things that create some of the most clutter in our lives. That, that they're the things that we just can't get rid of because we feel like we have to be faithful to them. And so for you, maybe that's not a gift that you got and you just don't want to use. Maybe that's something even more exciting, like your tax forms from 2007. And you're like, well, one day I am going to get audited and I'm going to need those things. 
Or maybe it's something else. Maybe there's something else that you're holding on to that you're like, oh, well, you know, I I need to be faithful to that. I need to keep this thing for whatever reason it is. Maybe it's a rational reason that you're like, well, one day I'm going to use that vacuum cleaner that I never have used yet, but one day. Or or maybe it's just something that's more sentimental. Maybe it's somebody who has left your life and that is the one thing that you use to remember them. But at the same time, you're just like, that thing itself doesn't bring me any joy. It's just the remembrance of that person that actually brings me the joy. Well, all of that that kind of faithfulness is, is the thing in a lot of ways that's sort of the subtext of what's going on in a lot of these readings, especially the gospel reading. The gospel reading is kind of an interesting reading. It's it's sort of the sandwich reading, right? So it starts off with the story of of, um, uh, Jairus' daughter. And so Jairus goes to Jesus, and Jairus says, My daughter is sick. I need some help. Jesus says, Let's go. On the way, you know, they take the exit, and uh, all of a sudden you find yourself in a different story. And you're like, wait, hold on. There's a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. What does this have to do with Jairus? And she reaches out and she touches his garments. And sort of as a foreshadowing or, or a preview of what maybe is going to be happening with Jairus' daughter, she reaches out and touches his garments and all of a sudden she's healed from this thing that's been happening in her body for 12 long years. And Jesus turns around and he's like, uh, who did that? And finally the woman fesses up and she's like, it was me. And he goes, your faith has made you well. Interesting thing there, faith. Okay, so, so the whole reason that she reaches out her hand is that she has faith that that's going to do something. In fact, we know from her own entire internal dialogue that Mark is using in his story. We know that she's saying to herself, maybe if. It's not even a sure faith. It's a maybe if faith. If I just reach out to his hand, maybe I will be healed. And that maybe is good enough for me. That maybe is enough to urge me on into action. That maybe is enough for me to try this. Which is the same maybe that is probably happening here with Jairus. Jairus says, well, there's this crazy rabbi. I've been hearing about him. Jairus is this guy who, you know, he, he's definitely heard about Jesus before because he's a ruler in the synagogue. And so uh, he, he's like, well... I don't know. I'm willing to try anything at this point. Maybe if I go to Jesus, he will raise my daughter. So you have these people that are are full of this faith, this faith that is full of possibility, that is full of expectation, that is full of, like, what's going to happen here? And so she reaches out her hand, and she's healed. And Jairus sees this. And I'm sure that that inspires something in Jairus where he's going, well, this is definitely a good sign in terms of the maybe if. Let, let's keep on going. So, so they, they go and they keep on walking. And all of a sudden, they, they get to this point where uh, they think that Jairus' daughter is dead. And they send a delegation. And they're, they're like, hey, you know, this guy's busy. Don't bother him. You know, we, we, we're, we're calling it. Jesus says, nope. Let's keep going. 
She's only sleeping. Which again, there's that, that maybe if. That, that sort of faithfulness. That, that, that question of, well, I know that this guy can do something. Maybe this guy actually knows my daughter. Maybe this guy actually knows what's happening inside of her. And somehow in his mind's eye, he can see that she is not dead and she's sleeping. Just maybe if. It's worth trying. And so they go. And, and they're confronted by this group of, of wailing people, which I've always thought this was interesting. This was a, a cultural piece at the time that people would actually hire wailers to wail when somebody had died. That sort of set the mood. That somebody would die and, you know, you'd flip through your phone book and you'd look up professional criers and you'd say, hey, you know, what are your rates? And they would come over and boo-hoo, boo-hoo. I know a lot of people that would be very good at that. And, and all of a sudden, they, they do this weird shift. In fact, it's sort of a creepy shift if, you, if you're really tracking along with what Mark is saying here. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and they, they switch. Because they, they're paid to be wailing. They're paid to be crying. And all of a sudden, they switch, and they laugh. Which, that has to be the most demonic sounding laugh in the world, where it flips from Wah! to Wah-ha-ha! But their, their, their purpose in the story is kind of interesting, because their purpose in the story is to show you what unfaithfulness looks like. Unfaithfulness says, no way. There's no way this guy can do anything. That curl is dead. That's what unfaithfulness looks like. Unfaithfulness has completely decided that this is done and it is not going to be undone. It's the unfaithfulness inside of our hearts when we say, God, this sin is too big. You're not going to handle this for me. It's in our lives when we switch from the boo-hoo over our sin to the laughing at a God who says, I want to forgive that. And Jesus comes in and he says, little girl, get up. And she gets up and then he says, give her something to eat. Which I've always thought is kind of a, you know, sort of interesting inclusio for Mark. Mark, very short gospel, which means that whenever you're reading something very short, you, you notice that when they use something, that they're using it on purpose. The same way that he's using this 12 years thing on purpose. Did you notice in that story that the girl is 12 years old and the woman with the flow of blood has been dealing with that problem for 12 years? That what, what Mark is doing here is he, he's doing stuff on purpose and he's saying, he said, give her something to eat. Now, why would he do that? Well, I think it's because God wants us to recognize something about our salvation. That the something about our salvation that he wants us to recognize is that he's being faithful to us. Not only in terms of us going to heaven, not only in terms of us being in the resurrection together with him, but in terms of him loving us right now. That he's saying, look, this 
is the good gift that I want to be between us. I want this to be the gift that is between our lives, this life of yours. So that it's sort of like that thing, that thing that somebody gave you when you stuck in a drawer somewhere, that thing that is the avatar of what that relationship means. Maybe it's a doodad, maybe it has Mickey Mouse on it, maybe it has whatever to do, but it is that avatar of how much that person cares for you. Your life, the fact that you're sitting in here breathing right now, is that avatar, is that sign of faithfulness. It is that thing that when you get up in the morning, Martin Luther says, get up in the morning, make the sign of the cross, and then... Remember that you're baptized. Remember that you're breathing. Remember that God gave you this gift of life. And that is the avatar. That's the thing that God is saying. Look, because you're breathing, because your body is working, because your heart is beating, because your brain cells are working, that shows you that I love you so much. That I would send my son to this earth and I would give him that same gift of human life so that he could throw it on the trash heap of Golgotha on the cross and lose it for you That is how faithful God is. That this gift that we cherish so much of our life, that is the very gift that he sent his son to give up for us. So now, may you this week, may you cherish that gift of life. May you cherish that avatar of what that love means. May you be faithful to that life. May you be faithful to that God who gave you that life. And may you be faithful to others. Not in the same way, but in a way that simply reminds you of how faithful God has been to you. Amen.